Hello, America, and welcome to Tuesday. So glad that you're here today. We've got a lot to uh, discuss. Let me just get this out because I know you have a lot of fans in the audience, fans of Ravi Zacharias. He passed away yesterday, uh, last night, uh, from cancer. He had been struggling and was in great, great pain. He is with the Lord today. Amen and hallelujah. Um, we have we have a lot of good news to share with you, and, and I think we're going to start in New Jersey, but there are sheriffs now starting to step up. We've told you for years, sheriffs are the key to your liberty. Sheriffs are stepping up, but we also have a, a mayor in California who's going to be joining us today who has made his city a sanctuary city, a sanctuary for businesses. you got to love this. That's coming up. Also, something you really need to watch for, and it is everywhere. It is it is the new normal. We'll explain. And yes, spooky dude is involved. We do that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I am really glad to hear this. The uh, housing market is on fire right now, and I don't mean like burning itself down to the ground. A little ray of sunshine right now. This could be it. It shows signs now, the housing market, that it is stable and and actually doing well in some areas. I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing that. And if I was if I was selling my house in California, uh, you gotta believe it's gonna go well for me, huh? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, here's the thing. We have Democrats and their policies largely to thank for the housing market doing well. Yeah, that's because people are moving from these oppressive states and uh, they're moving to warmer states uh, for one thing. Uh, and uh, the warmth is being provided by something we like to call the Bill of Rights. Yes, but California uh, set the bill of rights on fire, and we're quite warm from that. Large city areas have become so draconian that people are moving. L.A.'s lockdown may not last three months after all, but who knows? People are packing up. If you need an, a real estate agent to help sell your home or help you find a new home in a great place where freedom actually exists, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. We're going to get you in touch with the right real estate agent for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service from Mercury Real Estate Services, that's my company. Real Estate Agents I Trust dot com. Hey, I have to just play this audio because it was. You know, I'd like to say sometimes there's victory in the small things, but this is not a small thing. This is happening in New Jersey. A cop showed up to a gym that was opening its doors against the governor's order, and uh, the cop showed up, and everybody in the crowd started to say, whoa, 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 you know, you don't have, let me quote, you have the right to refuse unconstitutional orders, freedom, good to see Mel Gibson was there, you swore to protect our rights. That's when the cop put his hand up like, listen, listen to me. Please don't, don't, don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. You're going to feel really bad when you're here. Just listen to me. And here's what he said. Speaker, 
peace and don't worry about it. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Normally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. You gotta love these cops. You know what I wanted in this moment? I wanted Al Michaels to say, Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> I mean, it was that moment. And with that, have a nice day. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was that moment last night where America came roaring back and it, they're not alone. Let me give you this one. This was posted by the sheriff of the second most densely populated county in Illinois. He says the governor has trampled on his First Amendment rights. Now, listen to this. This is what he posted on Facebook. I feel that my own First Amendment constitutional right to free speech has been completely trampled on by a governor who has threatened my office's reimbursement and grant funds as a tool to force me not to speak. I just can't do it anymore. I stand with our citizens and our businesses of DuPage County who have offered no trouble nor any resistance to any rule we have put upon them, no matter how strange. In fact, they have communally helped support us during this pandemic with resources and physical help. Uh, Law enforcement officers are not stormtroopers. We are peacekeepers. We can reopen responsibly and with proper care. We're not just going to open with no precautions, but science suggests a potentially different route. Did we all say from the beginning that we would follow science to the correct end? This is not the time to introduce a society uh, of fear into our society by threatening class A misdemeanors. But instead, it's time to assist our citizens and businesses to get back on their feet. I feel DuPage County is ready to reopen responsibly before everything is gone. And I will not victimize lawful residents of DuPage County trying to put food on their children's table. Amen. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Yes. Now, I want to take you and shift gears here uh, and show you something called the degrowth movement. The degrowth mo- uh, movement was is actually a flashback back to the late 60s and early 70s. All right, man. Time of dope smoking and free love. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably all you're going to be able to do if this degrowth movement actually takes uh, flight. Now, yes, Spooky Dude does have a role in this. Spooky Dude said some spooky things uh, overseas that nobody seems to be caring about. But I wanted to bring you the news of Spooky Dude today. But first, let me tell you what the degrowth movement is. This is uh, a movement that believes that man has destroyed the planet. It's all about climate change. And the only way to save the planet is for the entire world to stop working. Uh, The agenda is to shut down industrial production and industries like fossil fuels, automobiles, airlines, anything that will contribute to global warming. COVID-19 and the economy lockdown is now seen as a useful trial run. 
I want to give you something that this, you know, when I, I just told you about the, the, the cop up in New Jersey, let me tell you something that the, the owner of that gym said after the cop left, he was giving an interview and he said, we're opening or we're reopening early to fight for our rights. The government has failed at protecting our rights and is failing at protecting our health. Um, he said, what we're proposing is an organized, peaceful reopening of the state, not just our business. Now, listen to this. We truly believe if we don't do this in the end, we will have zero rights and no say in what happens. I believe him to be a prophet of our time. Yes, a musclehead, a prophet of our time. He is right. If we don't, they are measuring us. Now, not everybody. No, but everybody in the government is doing this. But the left and the degrowth movement is they are measuring us to see how much they can get away with. Now, a professor at the University of Tasmania who knew that was a real place beyond the Bugs Bunny world uh, said we can draw many lessons and opportunities. Listen to this. We can draw many lessons and opportunities from the current health crisis when tackling planetary warming. So they are measuring a former high ranking climate advisor to Obama. Jason Bordoff wrote in foreign policy, quote, COVID-19 may deliver some short term climate benefits by curbing energy use or even long term benefits if economic stimulus is linked to climate goals. But he adds the benefits from the pandemic in terms of less carbon emissions are likely to be fleeting and negligible. So the I want to give you I want to tell you degrowth as defined by the proponents a political, economic, and social movement based on ecological economics, anti-consumerism, and anti-capitalism. So we are looking to, we're looking at people that want to destroy capitalism, consumerism. So you know, consumerism out of control, everything out of control, too far one way or the other, or the other is bad. All right? It's all bad. Too much aspirin. For a headache will kill you too much of anything or not enough of something will also kill you. Capitalism has its problems. Consumerism has its problems. But without it, we die. The philosophy started in the 1960s and 70s and was really discredited. It was the people that said, you know, oh, we're not going to be able to keep up with the food. There's not enough land on planet Earth to grow enough food. How's that working out for you? We'll all be dead by 1977. Really? Because I seem, you know, this death thing is pretty good because <laughs> apparently I've been dead since 77 and it feels great. So let me give you some of the things that you're seeing now, and I need you to tie them in to the degrowth movement. You need to understand these are not just offshoots, just one offs. Here's uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She deleted a tweet celebrating a crash in oil prices. She said, quote, you absolutely love to see it. Do you? Do you know what drilling for oil has done? Do you know that we wouldn't have any plastics? We wouldn't have many of our pharmaceuticals. We wouldn't have many of our, f- our foods. We wouldn't have rubber. There's... It goes on and on and on. The oil for sewing machines. Where are we going to go start going for whale blubber again? 
petrochemicals are essential to a civilized way of life. Now, when you come up with something to replace it, I'm all for it. But right now, petrochemicals are critical. If we lose petrochemicals, if we lose oil, you lose your way of life. Greta Thunberg, uh, the um, elementary school dropout, said that she is uh, really excited because there's a new way forward. Uh, CNN has uh, interviewed the experts who say the lockdown just isn't enough. We have to keep doing this and even more for the next 30 years if we're going to bend the curve of greenhouse gases and climate change. So we have to do this and more. Robert Redford has come out with his son and said this scourge of COVID-19 has revealed that we can change the world. Uh, there's all kinds of articles. I, I'm going to post all of this. I think we're going to probably do a special on this. But I, I just want to go through some of the audio that you are going to be hearing more and more. Here's Joe Biden on coronavirus as an opportunity. Listen. We have an opportunity now to take in a recovery act, a real recovery. We can fundamentally change the science relating to global warming. Wow, we can fundamentally change the science related to global warming. If he wasn't senile, I would pounce on that. But what he's saying is we can fundamentally now change America, fundamentally transform America and the world. Here's CNN saying the coronavirus was caused not by China, but by something else. Listen to this. And there seems to be this perception that maybe the virus has helped humanity buy some time when it comes to global warming. What's what's wrong with that? assumption um we'd have to keep doing this even more and do it for the next 30 years to really begin to bend the curve on the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere virologists for years tried to warn us that an invisible enemy would come out of the jungles if we just kept cutting all of them down and they were right so if any good can come of this allison mm. maybe it's it's an understanding that the climatologists so, who are warning about stop the, can the, you just can you just he, did you hear that it's not china it's not us go collecting bats or anything else it's the Amazon. We cut down too many trees in the Amazon, and that's what caused the coronavirus. Here's Chris Hayes on restructuring for climate change. They're talking about reopening now, and they've announced this ambitious scheme to reduce the car use after lockdown, which I thought was interesting. Um, they're going to have 22 miles of streets that are going to be transformed over the summer. Uh, they're going to try to do cycling and walking expansion. They want people sort of uh, not in cars and not in public transport as much as possible. And it, it struck me as like a small example of the ways that people might be thinking about how to restructure our, our kind of lived world as as we reemerge from the virus. We have more audio. This is everywhere, and it's not an isolated incident. This is a coordinated plan. You see that Bill de Blasio just took more streets, miles of streets in New York City and making them into carless streets. You saw this happen now in London has just done it. There are several cities all around the world that are now saying, you know what? We're just going to make this into a walking street because of the coronavirus to help with the social distancing. What? That doesn't even make sense. There are those that are putting in these draconian rules to one gauge you on how far you, they can get away with it. And two, 
to be able to fundamentally transform the entire world because of climate change. That is all gobbledygook to say this. The free market is under attack. And if I may quote the prophet of the gym in New Jersey, if you don't stand now, they are gauging you. If you don't stand now, you may not have any rights when they actually say, okay, you can go back to work now. More in just a second, including spooky dude. In one minute. Mm, yes. So let me talk to you about LifeLock. You need to lock yourself down. Uh, I mean, not in the way the government is thinking about doing it. I mean, locking your, your, your life, your, uh, your identity down. And LifeLock can help you do that. We now have about, uh, from the International Crime Complaint Center, this is from the FBI, they get about 1,000 complaints per day before the pandemic. They now are getting about 4,000 complaints a day. They're all coronavirus schemes. They're all things like we can sell you protective uh, equipment. Uh, all these kinds of scams that are, are, are saying that they're going to get you a government check and fraudulent COVID charities, which, by the way, we have a breaking story at the top of next hour on Ilan Omar on a COVID uh, bogus charity thing that she did that's unbelievable. Will she go to jail? I don't know. You need to ask yourself, uh, who's protecting you? Who is protecting you from these things? Well, the answer should be you. You have partnered with LifeLock. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So you have to ask yourself, why is it that everybody is getting bailouts and everybody else is getting special favors, et cetera, et cetera, and Elon Musk can open up, even though he had to really pound for it, but he can open up, but the average person can't. Why is it that the average person is not getting relief for small businesses when 80% of all new jobs created in the last great recession, 80% of those jobs came from small businesses. Small business is the backbone. Small business is the American dream. You don't have to go to work for some giant corporation that would take your idea and run with it. You can start yourself. That's, I believe, the reason why you're not really getting the help and nobody cares about the small businessman. Um, I think Donald Trump, I think there are a lot of people that do actually care, but there is a great force mainly in the media and on the left that just doesn't care about the small business person. And they are essential if the American way of life is going to continue. You have to keep them busy. You know, the, I, I told you yesterday there was an op-ed in the uh, Wall Street Journal about how um, uh, there's two there's two groups. There's there's the group of elites that are saying, oh, it might be it might be 14 years before we can find a cure. And that's fine. Let's just keep everything closed. And those who are saying, no, I'm hungry. I've got to feed my kids. I've got to put food on the table. And that's the rub. 
the people, quite honestly, like me, I'm not impacted like probably most of the audience is. It's easier for me because I can do my business from home. Nothing's really been disrupted. We've had some economic issues, but it's not like losing my business. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, it's easy for me to sit here and go, you know, I think for the public safety. But that's disregarding everything that's really happening. Not only are you out of touch and too self-contained if you don't see the plight of others, but there might be something else that's going on. You might actually think that it is easier to control people if they don't have control of small businesses. Because a lot of these big industries, they're all in with the left. They'll do whatever they have to do, and they're fine. So let's just have everybody be a cog in the wheel. Well, the thing that sets us apart from the Soviet Union and every other communist country has been the little guy can start his own, do his own thing, and be successful. The Glenn Beck Program. Spooky dude, coming up in just a moment. All right. Um, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Relief Factor. Here's, here's a big, great example. Here's a father and son, Pete and Seth Talbot, uh, they are really, really super uh, religious, and they they really believe in making the world a better place. And they believe that all of their companies should put back in to society. And so they're not looking to get rich. They were looking for ways to be able to do good, to do a lot of missionary work and, and everything else. Uh, and when capitalism is at its best, it looks for things that are a problem in society. And the capitalist says, how can I make people's lives better and easier? Well, they knew a lot about pain. And so they got together with doctors and they came up with something called Relief Factor. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more after the three-week trial period because they feel better. It works. It works for me. It has for two years. Please try it. It's relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Small company started up in Seattle, 800-583-84. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription right now. Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I want to give you a little bit here of Spooky Dude. Pat is joining us now from Pat Gray Unleashed, the podcast that you can get wherever podcasts are heard, and you can hear him uh, live uh, prior to this program only on Blaze Radio Network. Um, so uh, I want to bring you in, Pat, as we're talking about George Soros. There was a new interview uh, where George Soros was talking to The Independent, uh, which is in uh, London, and I just I just want you to hear this. We've been talking about the degrowth movement that is happening and the plans from the left to use the coronavirus to measure how we react, how much they can get away with uh, and then try to shape all of our governmental responses to be able to create the society and the the governmental structure that they would need to be able to bring in all of their climate change nonsense. So George Soros says, uh, you've seen many crises before. This is according to the interview. You've seen a lot of crisis before. Um, is the Corona-19 pandemic comparable to any previous one? Now, remember, George Soros 
the the big crisis in his life would be what pat what just off the top of your head what do you mm, let's see the holocaust yeah, his family mm-hmm. was hunted mm-hmm. uh, by the Nazis, and he had to go live under a fake name with another family. I mean, you want to talk about crisis. He says, no, this is the crisis of my lifetime. Uh, not even before, even before the pandemic hit, I realized we were in revolutionary moment where what would be impossible or even inconceivable in normal times had become not only possible, but probably absolutely necessary. When the corona uh, COVID-19 disrupted people's lives and required very different behavior, it was an unprecedented event that probably has never occurred in this combination. (laughs) And it endangers the survival of our civilization. Then he goes on to say, we have never seen anything quite like this pandemic. He says, we're not going to go back. We won't go back to where we were when pandemic started. That is certain. But that is the only thing that is certain. Everything else is up for grabs. Everything else is up for grabs. I don't think anyone knows how capitalism will evolve. At the present time, people are dominated by fear, and fear often makes people hurt themselves. That is true of individuals as well as institutions, nations, and humanity itself. The continuing conflict between the U.S. and China complicates matters. We ought to work together on climate change and developing a vaccine against COVID-19. So now you know his priorities in this are working on climate change and a vaccine. This is why people are now like, we're not bending the curve. We can't go back until we have a vaccine because they need this time to work on climate change. He says, the fact is, uh, we are uh, not working together because we're competing over who will develop and use the vaccine. The fact that we have two very distant, different systems of government, uh, democratic and uh, and this <laughs> imagine he can't come up with the right word for communist. So the interviewer says uh, autocratic. Yes, that makes things much harder. Um, he then says that, you know, um, uh, President uh, Z, when he abolished term limits and named himself president for life, he destroyed the political future of uh, of one of the most important and ambitious men. Uh, And uh, he was in a very narrow and competitive elite group and he destroyed himself. Now, President Trump would like to be a dictator. But he cannot be one because there's a constitution in the United States that the people still respect. And we have to prevent him from doing certain things. That doesn't mean he won't try because he's literally fighting for his life. Wait a minute. He just makes the statement. Yeah. Made a statement of some sort there as we lost Glenn here from the feet. Wow. During yeah. a George Soros yeah. discussion. Well, we've been saying forever. Say he's, he's a been, dictator uh, when I, he's doing absolutely everything in the opposite. Mm. Well, you, you apparently George Soros hacked you into your feed there, there, so we lost you for about 30 seconds, Glenn. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we, we expected this from a long time Are we ago. There? Are you there? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can, we can maybe you. bring Glenn down here for a second as we're, we're, we we tend to be losing him for a moment, see if we can get that connected. It is interesting to see, uh, you know, here's a guy who is uh, wildly, uh, you know, irresponsible with the way he's acted over a very long period of time. And, you know, this is mm-hmm. the, the fear, I think, of a lot of people who occasionally jump to maybe even the improper uh, conclusions about, you know, every little move that happens in government. 
when you see that there are people like this who look at these things as a uh, something to take advantage of you have to be able to be skeptical and you know it it, it leads to people Hello, jumping even dude. further down that road sometimes spooky dude yes exactly glenn spooky dude, he's back. all right so where did you you lose me where where did you lose me where where i was talking about what he said about donald trump yes yes right in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so he said donald trump would like to be dictator but he cannot be one because there's a constitution in the united states and people still respect it and it will prevent him from doing certain things that does not mean he won't try because he's fighting for his life yeah, let me let me just say this. It is is incredible to me that the media and the left have accused Donald Trump of being a dictator over and over and over again. They encouraged him to make this a federal thing. And everybody says because they want that power. Absolutely true. But also because they wanted to paint him as a dictator. Look, because he didn't do it. The Democrats are the ones who are doing it. Now, there are two exceptions to that. One of them is in Maryland uh, that's a Republican. But for the most part, all of these actions are being taken by Democrats who want the autocratic rule. Donald Trump is doing the exact opposite of the, the dictator dance. So George Soros says, I have proposed the EU should uh, issue perpetual bonds. He's got all kinds of things that are going uh, going on. He says, listen, I'm not pessimistic at all. Far from it. I recognize Europe is facing several dangers uh, and not a figure of speech. That is reality. Uh, He goes on to talk about all of the different things that are happening. But this is not normal time. It's actually an ideal time right now to be able to change the world and to be able to have an open society. I warn you that these people are doing things. All of this stuff about the second second stimulus package. They've had time to catch their breath. When Donald Trump did it, it was let's go. Let's put people to work let's give people money it was flawed because we rushed to it we don't have to rush anymore do not allow panic to play a role do not allow fear to play a role they're counting on your fear uh and it's really it's sick on what's going on but if we don't stand now we may not have any liberty uh left let me switch topics pat can you please explain what the hell the problem is with Donald Trump taking hydro- hydroxychloroquine? Uh, I don't think there is a problem. And, uh, you know, here's a guy who believes in it. And we know he believes in it because he's talked about it multiple times. So he's kind of putting his money where his mouth is. And he's right. taking it, doing exactly what he said would, would, would help people from the beginning. And if, and if he's taking hydroxychloroquine, you can take just that by itself mm-hmm. and it's fine it's a drug that has been around forever there's no heart palpitations or anything else it's just if you're taking it just that drug if you mix it with a z-pack it becomes dangerous and you should be monitored with your heart he's taking it with zinc which is not as dangerous but there are doctors at mm. the white house all the time if if there was a magic potion and everybody was like this is ridiculous it's uh, they're saying it's a magic potion, but you had seen some people take that magic potion and it helped them. 
if it's the president of the United States and there's no downside for him taking it, it's a magic potion that has been in use for another magical disease for a long time. I think everyone would say the president should take that as a prophylactic drug because there's no harm in taking it. Why is this such a big deal? The president should be kept safe. And they're saying Nancy Pelosi, for the gall of that woman to come out and say he's morbidly obese is just mm. it's just, it's so childish what's going on. Yeah, it's it, it's ugly. And I, I, I think it's an amazing I think it's an amazing testament to to what he's been saying all along, although I didn't know about hydro, hydroxychloroquine that it was preventative. That you could prevent getting. They think it might. They think it might be. There's. These are all just, you know, nothing has been scientifically proven. But hydroxychloroquine is by itself is not a dangerous drug. It is. It's. It's like Prozac. It's been out forever. Yes, mm-hmm. there are some people that take it in it, but it's been out forever and ever and ever. Or lithium. It's been out forever. And people can take it without real side effects. Yeah, that's what so I say about if, heroin all the time. It's been out forever. You know, people know the effects <laughs> no, of it. They understand how it no, works. That's why are, I take it every day, three no, times wait, a day. Every, every, well, four but let times me, a morning. You know what? Let me use that. Let me use that. If let's say this pain, let's say this thing only caused debilitating pain, and there was a way that um, uh, uh, what is the uh, uh, oxycodone? If oxycodone had a way to get you so you weren't in pain and it wouldn't allow you to develop this disease that would cause debilitating pain, as long, even with the side effects of that, as long as the president were taking it with a doctor who's practically living at the White House right now, they are checking him and everyone around him all the time. If that worked, I would say the president should be taking oxycodone. Not enough to impair his vision, but if it was a preventative thing and the doctors were there the whole time, take it, Mr. President. It might mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And especially He's the when- president. I would be saying this about Barack Obama as well. He should be taking anything that we know is relatively safe that might keep him out of trouble. Especially when his valet has the virus and so does so exactly do people right. close to, to Mike Pence. So... Obviously, they've been around people. They've been subjected to the disease. If this, if this can maybe keep them from getting it, go yeah, for it. Yeah, and 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 frankly, like if you are on heroin, you're not going to even notice COVID nineteen. Like it's if, probably it, true. I, I don't exactly know if it cures right. it, you, but you exactly don't even you might get it, but you won't care. Amen. Right, thank you. you won't care. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, by the way, did you see that President uh, or Vice President Biden came out with a uh, nickname? Oh, he's he's so good. He is so good. He came out with a nickname for Donald Trump, and he said he's really been resisting giving President Trump a nickname, but he's changed his mind. <laughs> and he, he, he said, "Listen, he, this is this is him saying. Listen, why have they so failed to get this money out to the folks who desperately need it to stay afloat? Is it incompetence?" <laughs> yeah corruption trump was out there what tweeting again this morning i called him president tweety he calls him president reopen tweety. the country <laughs> 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 
Stop, stop. President Tweety, like Tweety Bird. That's except he sees because he's tweeting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, and then, and then. Also, and then close your window interview. so we don't hear the geese behind you the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> the geese are really nasty animals. I yes, think they he are. uses those as Gestapo uh, myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, Biden then said in an interview. Trump is a master at laying nicknames on people. I can hardly wait to get on stage with Donald Trump. Oh, man, he's going to be so good with things like President Tweety. Oh, he's going to slay him. <laughs> what a ridiculous. All right. Thanks, Pat. You can listen to Pat Gray Unleashed wherever you find your podcasts. Pat Gray Unleashed. Available now. All right. Mr. Pat. Thank you. That, Mr. Uh, that's right. Every, that's right, everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Maybe a little longer during the lockdown? On average, some people can wait up to 29 days to see a doctor in major oh. U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like ED or hair loss or cold sores or anything you don't want to talk about with anybody, you don't want to wait a month. You want treatment ASAP. What if you have all of those things? On top of each other? Then you really want yeah, to call on Roman. On top of each other. Yeah. Uh, okay. All <laughs> that's right. why Roman has spent a, uh, you know years and years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state. They were built for this time. They, they've been doing this for a while, and they're, they're absolutely prepared for this moment. Uh, and all you can do this all from the comfort of your home. Just grab your uh, phone or computer and complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides treatment is right for you, well, they're going to hook you up with uh, you know with the medication you need from Roman's Pharmacy. Really easy to your door, free two-day shipping, no commitments, and you can cancel at any time. If you're struggling with ED, hair loss, uh, cold sores, other issues, uh, you can go to getroman.com/beck. GetRoman.com slash Beck. You get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. It's GetRoman.com slash Beck for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Beck. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Glenn TV. Coronavirus tyrants have tried to crush our freedoms, but some Americans are fighting back. A lot of people are calling to say, how do we help you? I say, open your business. If every officer stood up for what they believed, it'd be a non-issue. I'd close my shop the day they come in here with handcuffs or Jesus comes, one or the other. Is this the birth of a new civil rights movement? Glenn takes back common sense in America. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Hey, welcome to the program. It's Tuesday. Uh, We're glad you're here. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, something that's coming up after the top of the hour. We've got a couple of really great things for you. We have one of the mayors in uh, California that is bucking the system and said, I'm going to do a sanctuary city. And uh, it's it's for safety of all businesses. Sanctuary city for business in California. I just love this. So many great things uh, are happening. We also have another breaking story that's just being pl- posted on the blaze now from David Steinberg. Um, he is uh, the guy who has been chasing the Elon Mor- uh, Elon Mars uh, uh, Elon Omar story uh, for a couple of years now. He's got a story on COVID. She apparently posted um, a fundraiser. 
that she partnered with Minnesota Food Share. And she said, chip in $5 to keep these community fed. Well, unfortunately, those $5, the donations were going to her reelection campaign. Uh, the food share executive director said, Elon Omar has nothing to do with this project. I don't know where this money is going to. It became a big scandal and we'll tell you the end of it coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Where do we all turn when things fall apart? Well, if you're like me, you lean on things that stand the test of time. Your closest friends, your family, or a cherished movie that re-inspires. The classics are made to last, and that's why we turn to them in good times and bad. I have one of those beloved things in my life. It's my Tecovis cowboy boots. At Tecovis, they don't see themselves as just makers of quality boots and Western goods. They believe that a good pair of boots can change the way people feel about themselves. Now, why is that? Why is it that something that you put on your feet can change the way you feel inside? Because the boots are a manifestation of things that last. Boots that can weather the storm and walk confidently to the other side. Cowboy boots are, and have always been, for the frontiers ahead. Find your pair at tecovis.com slash back and face the day comfortably and confidently like the generations before. For generations to come, tecovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back, tecovis.com slash back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let, let me tell you about a little bit about uh, Rectil, uh, Rectech, our, uh, our uh, sponsor for the Spotlight, and uh, makes many of this broadcast, much of this broadcast uh, on the Blaze uh, possible. Rectech Grills, this is a grill built by grillers for grillers using smart technology uh, with, a, with a, an optic controller. It's unrivaled, precise temperature control. This thing is absolutely amazing. Every time you open it up to check anything, it checks the temperature, raises the heat to make sure that the the, the temperature goes right back to where it needs to be. There's, there's no fuss on this. This is the gold standard of pellet grilling. Uh, if you want the best grill out there, if you're looking for something for Father's Day or you're thinking, you know, maybe your family is looking for something for Father's Day, you might want to drop a hit, hint, it's rectechgrills.com. Rectechgrills.com. Find more information there. Follow them on a social media. It's R-E-C-T-E-C grills with an S dot com. Rectechgrills.com. You know, there was really a beginning of the Trump era, and many people say it started with David Steinberg, maybe a name that you didn't know, but he's an investigative journalist, and he went into Eric Cantor's primary uh, primary campaign, uh, and he's credited with tipping the historic loss and the beginning of the Trump era. You don't believe me? Ask Dave Bratt. Well, he's been following Elon Omar, and we've had him on for several times uh, on this program, and he has partnered us with us on research so we can get the news out that he is finding, uh, and he's found something new that Elon Omar has done that at the very least 
is suspicious the way it all came down it's coronavirus she is there to help the people was she or was she thinking that maybe she could get away with raising some campaign funds on the back of coronavirus we'll talk to david steinberg in one minute this is the glenn beck program we also have some really good news for you. Uh, we've got a mayor of uh, a town in California who's just great, who's standing up for the rights of businesses in his town. We've got stories all over the country popping up of people standing for their rights, which is just really amazing. Also, one of my favorite authors of uh, fiction, James Rollins, is going to be with us. He's written a book called The Last Odyssey. I asked to have him on. We've been trying to get him for a couple of weeks because I just finished reading it. And it's a great book. Uh, and he's, it's, it's one of these books where they mix history with fiction. Uh, and it just brings it to life and Quite honestly, I've never wanted to read Homer before. I had to read it, you know, when I was younger. Uh, but I want to read it again because it's just brought this whole it's just brought this whole thing to life in a completely different way. Uh, so he's coming up in a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Blinds.com. If you have been doing anything to your house, I mean, nobody's done that, right? Nobody's. I mean, you're not doing any house repairs or anything. There's not like a honey do to do list that's like never seems to end, right? If you'd like to make a big impact uh, on your house, the the easiest and most inexpensive way to do that is with blind shade shutters or drapes. And Blinds.com is the place that makes it so easy to shop for the top quality blind shades and interior shutters. Uh, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going up to the ranch next week, and I've got to finish our cabin. We've got to put some uh, uh, blinds up there, and I'm going to be ordering from blinds.com. We've we've ordered some stuff uh, before. In fact, the last time we ordered, we were just online just ordering, and I, I use the same phone number you do and everything else. I don't get any special deals. And my wife was on, and she said, look at the difference in price between what we were just looking at and this. It's the same blinds. Look at the difference in price. And I said, have you put in the Glenn Beck promo code? She's like, what? I'm like, you listen to the show. Use the promo code Beck. She did. The price went down. I, I think it was about 40%. It was shocking how the, the difference on the same blind that we could get from blinds.com. Please use the promo code Beck. And if you're looking for blind shade shutters or drapes, blinds.com. Blinds.com promo code Beck. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Glenn TV. Coronavirus tyrants have tried to crush our freedoms, but some Americans are fighting back. A lot of people are calling to say, how do we help you? I say, open your business. If every officer stood up for what they believed, it'd be a non-issue. I'd close my shop the day they come in here with handcuffs or a Jesus comes, one or the other. Is this the birth of a new civil rights movement? Glenn takes back common sense in America. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. David Steinberg uh, was the New York City editor for PJ Media for a long time. Homeland Security, Israel, political corruption. Uh, he really came to light with Eric Cantor uh, in the primary campaign. He's really responsible for Dave Bratt in office. Uh, and we welcome him to the program. He's been working quite a while on Elon Omar. And uh, hopefully uh, we're going to see some some action on this. You have something that you wrote to me and is now being published on theblaze.com, uh, a story about what has happened here just because of the coronavirus. 
Can you take me through this? Glenn, yes. Thanks for having me on here. What I've been discussing since um, since 2018 is that the political correctness of, of avoiding to cover this woman because it was in somehow uh, detrimental to her Somali immigrants community. There was a very heavily Somali immigrant community in her district uh, that, that they were avoiding. You, you understand how this goes. They don't want to criticize yeah. her because of her identity, because uh, that could be detrimental to her community. The problem. It's all a I lie, but go ahead. <laughs> right. Since, since 2016 mm. is that the people suffering under Rep. Omar are her community members, her, the Somali immigrants, many of them elderly who don't speak English all that well, who have been mm-hmm. living under her thumb, terrorized, bullied by her. I've reported several times about threatening behavior, about threats to family members and relatives back home in Somalia. The people suffering under Rep. Omar are the Somali immigrant population of her district. Now, now wait a minute. Hang on just a second. How can you possibly say that, David? There's a tweet from her, and I'm going to quote, As Minnesotans struggle with hunger, I'm partnering with MN Food Share, Minnesota Food Share, and other local groups that pack and deliver meals to students and families. Chip in $5 today to power their efforts and keep our communities fed. And then she even has a link that sends you to secure.actblue.com so you can donate. Yes, it's a problem. So she She's helping that, her community. We reached that on May 5th. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota Food Share was a, a charity uh, meals program that very quickly got together uh, this, uh, this prominent imam in the area, he had a 501c3 organization. He partnered with Minnesota Food Share, which was part of this 115-year-old church charity called GMCC. And they said, we have a lot of people in this community who are seniors or disabled. And because we are now under a lockdown order, which started March 25th, they are in immediate risk of hunger. If they can't get out of the house, and get to these local Somali restaurants or to wherever they had been uh, getting. And that's why Elon Omar partnered with them. And she sent them to actblue.com to be able to make a secure donation. Yeah, so on May 5th, she tweets that. Hours later Mm -hmm. that evening, the executive director of GMCC, which runs Minnesota Food Share, this this story charity it's been there again 115 years uh-huh. she tweets ilhan omar had nothing to do with this project i do not know where this money is going to i do so, it's going to actblue.com so what yes it i goes mean to actblue.com, what's act what's act which blue? was it was simply a donation to ilhan omar's campaign so uh that was on may 5th now on may 8th uh i noticed it well, Ilhan Omar, sometime after, uh, it, her, her link, her, this fraudulent link was up for, it seems, uh, between one to three days. On May 8th, uh, I noticed it had been deleted. All I did was simply tweet that Ilhan has posted this, and this is what the charity director posted, and Ilhan's tweet has now been deleted. And I started to dig a little deeper into this to see if anyone could go on record and explain what had happened. Uh, 
what had happened is Ilhan literally shook down a charity that was feeding her voters, uh, these Somali immigrants in her district. Ilhan had shook down a charity the day before. And you're not going to believe this story, but the, the imam, his name is Imam Tawakal Ismail. And he's very prominent in that community. So for six weeks, uh, since right after the stay-at-home order was issued, he has been, he has been uh, raising money to feed this community. Ilhan Omar shows up and wants to film a little campaign promo for herself in front of the restaurant while, while he is feeding uh, these seniors. And she wants to discuss how, you know, her meals act, uh, that, that rider she had uh, put into the coronavirus bill. It, it was helping to feed these people and how she was also helping to partner with Minnesota Food Share. He tells her to get lost. He says, no, we've been doing this for six weeks. You've had nothing to do with this. We want absolutely no, uh, no, no partnerships with any political campaign or anybody uh, who is currently elected. This is pure charity work. We are feeding the homeless. You are not to use that camera around here. And it also Good said that him. in his contract that he had signed with the restaurant. So uh, <laughs> he actually went on record. He, he said that to Ilhan. Uh, campaign, one of her uh, key campaign staffers who's been with her since 2016, his name is Ali Issy, and uh, he uses the, uh, the, the nickname Ali Ghani. So I asked him specifically, I said, did Ilhan know, did she get the message from him that she was not supposed to be filming there and she, that she was to have nothing to do with your program? He says, yes. They tried to film it without my knowledge. I walked in on them. We had an argument. I expressly told them not to. I gave the same instructions to the restaurant owner. And then he says, this is, this is the quote, Ali Ghani defied my instructions. He said, anything that happens in this district comes under Ilhan Omar, regardless of who's doing it. They literally tried to bully this wow. man into letting her film this promo. Now, after that fight, uh, <laughs> that was on May 3rd. Two days later, she tweets this, this, false, uh, this false tweet that she is partnering with Minnesota Food Share and donate $5. It'll help keep our communities fed. There was no discussion. Okay. It, it appears that, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, it appears as though she just hijacked it again now, but on Twitter. But I want to I want to ask you one thing. It's it is disgusting what she did there trying to take credit for something that she had nothing to do with. That's disgusting, but not not illegal um, with the with the with the tweet. Any politician can endorse anybody, whether they like it or not. Anyone can endorse anybody. The question is. The was there a website where you could donate from this charity that she could have used to retweet? Um, and why did she use the act blue, which is the way she raises funds? And do we have proof that that money was used in any other way other than the charity? So after I reported this on May 8th, 
the the charity that had originally said she has nothing to do with it on May 9th um, there was some pressure apparently from Omar's campaign and obviously this is a charity that simply does not want any friction so on May yeah. 9th they tweet we have now confirmed that the funds Ilhan solicited on our behalf earlier this week will go to Minnesota Food Share to donate to our efforts. And then she gives the proper link to Minnesota Food Share. Oh. So she had said, we have now confirmed. There was no prior agreement that Ilhan, the money Omar was collecting was going to go to anybody besides Omar. Now, here's the here's the real problem. Here, here's the real problem here. If I were raising money and I said to you, just write the check out to me and I'll deliver it to Mercury One, there would be all mm-hmm. kinds of people that would go, wait a minute, what? And I would have to no one in my in my world would say that's a good idea. I wouldn't say it either. It's a bad idea just because the appearance of impropriety let alone the the ease of actual mm-hmm. taking money and shifting dollars. Um, but there is the link, and it's a secure link, gmcc.org, where you can donate. Any idea well, why she ran it through this? Through Act Blue instead of, through her campaign instead of GMCC? Well, look, there were two principles. There were, there were four organizations that were partnering to run this charity. We now, two of them are chaired by this imam. He had two charity organizations. The other one was GMCC, and this charity food program is a part of GMCC and has been for decades. So we have the two principals, the executive director of GMCC and the imam both say she had nothing to do with this, and he, in particular, says, She's doing this out of spite because she wanted to film and she wanted this little promo with the seniors and Somalis who, who are in her community and forgotten people. She wanted this promo of, of these people being fed by her, essentially. So he's saying she did this out of spite. And that link that went up, there was no arrangement. Again, uh, Gwen, as you said, soliciting a charitable contribution under false pretenses is a crime for anybody in this country, let alone a, a political campaign doing it. Who knows? Who knows how many uh, 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 in, infractions are, are involved there? But yes, you recall this happened uh, a couple years ago. There was a large case where somebody raised a lot of money for a homeless man who got gas mm-hmm. or a woman on the side of the street. Uh, right. They they uh, are now serving a lengthy jail sentence. You cannot solicit charitable contributions under false pretenses. And so, if, David, if it's exhibit uh, A of someone doing that, I don't know what is. So I ask you this, and I'm up against the network, so I've I've got to take a break. But I ask you this at the end of all of your your exposés: any interest at all from the police on this, FBI, anybody? On this one in particular, uh, well, I wanted to publish it first on the Blaze get some attention here and we'll see if we can actually get something done. Okay. I don't know. I do know that Steve Treskowski is involved and he is the one who last year started the investigation that got her uh, caught on six campaign finance infractions. And I do know that he's on it. 
All right. Um, good work, David. Thank you for bringing this to us. Uh, the uh, I think it's, it's not up yet, but it's going to be published uh, by The Blaze here uh, very soon. I urge you to read it and um, and ask, you know, send to the uh, Justice Department, FBI. Why? Why is this not being investigated? There is a long, long list of wrongdoings. Is anything going to be done? Thank you so much. David Steinberg, journalist, uh, who now has a uh, story that is being published on Blaze.com, theblaze.com. All right. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Dog in here. My dog is so loyal, man. He sits, at the, uh, he sits on the other side of my door in my studio, my art studio, and he just waits for me to be done. He's such a great dog. Um, he is also, I'm happy to say just running and running and running and he's happy and he's healthy and I want my dog to be happy and healthy. He's a member of the family. If your dog's uh, eating dry kibble, which I feed to my dog, we've tried everything. Um, if they're eating dry kibble, that that's all been sterilized. It has to be able to sit on the shelf for two years. So there's nothing there's nothing alive in the food. And you know and I know it's why we we're supposed to take probiotics and digestive enzymes and all of these things. It, it, you have to have those things to be able to keep your body healthy. Well, our dogs aren't getting it. So to help with a good choice, to make sure that your dog is getting all the things that we make sure our kids have, Rough Greens has put together this uh, this supplement that you put over the dog food or mix it in the dog food. Vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants. And it is going to make the changes that will last throughout their lifetime. Take a 14-day challenge. See the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. They love it. And I have seen a, a change in my dog. And he continues to change he continues to show me signs he's getting better and better and better rough greens r-u-f-f greens.com slash beck that's rough greens.com slash beck or you can call them at 833-GLEN-33 that's with two n's 833-GLEN-33 or rough greens.com slash beck 10 seconds station id And I have to tell you, it was a good day for the good guys yesterday uh, in New Jersey, in the Attilus gym. They were opening their gym in defiance of Governor Phil Murphy's coronavirus shutdown order. And the people that were going to the gym were all there. The cameras were all there. They expected the police to show up. If you haven't seen or heard this video yet, I want to play this for you. The police did show up just as they were getting ready to open the doors. People thought for sure that they were going to be shut down. Here's what the police officer said. Speak your peace and don't worry about it. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Normally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. Great. That is fantastic. And it was a really happy moment. I mean, it was, do you believe in miracles kind of moment there, I thought. Uh, but this is happening now uh, in several places all around the country. 
We have a mayor of California coming up in just a little while that is going to talk to us about his new sanctuary city. It's a sanctuary for businesses. But I also want to talk to you about the Florida reopening. There is this amazing story from CNN. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. Everything they are afraid of is disproven in the article that they wrote, but I don't think they understand that. We'll give that to you in so much more. Some really good news coming up in just a second. Also, James Rollins next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Our sponsor is Hustler Turf. I mean, you want the perfect mowing experience? Let me tell you, it's like driving a tank or a fighter jet i mean it is it is great and it turns on a dime it's a zero turn lawnmower so uh it cuts your lawn mowing activity down to about half and in some ways you're going to kind of regret it because it's such a great thing to drive uh the rows are always perfect you don't waste time making the wide turns spring suspended seat that allows you to mow your lawn in not only half the time but in twice the comfort as well it is a Hustler lawnmower. They now have over 1,400 nationwide Hustler dealers. May is power up month, the best time to get a new Hustler zero turn lawnmower. This will be the last mower you ever buy, guaranteed. This thing is built to last. Get an extra year of extended warranty coverage by going to HustlerTurf.com. Click on the radio offer button at the top of the right-hand corner and enter my name back in the box for details about the warranty offer. It's HustlerTurf.com. Promo code Beck. Make sure to watch Stu Does America. It's available every day for free on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search for Stu, and I'll be the first one there. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Tuesday. I've been wanting to have James Rollins on for a while because I've been reading his uh, book. I've just finished it, The Last Odyssey. And it's one of my favorite kind of books. James is a, a favorite author of mine. Um, we've, I think we've had him on before. Uh, number one New York Times bestseller, blah, 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 blah. He has, uh, he has his great ability to take science, emerging science, uh, history, and merge it all together in something I called faction. It's not fiction, but it's not fact either. It's a, it's a combination of the two. And it's one of those books that you just begin to, it just opens up your mind to new possibilities and different worlds and history that you never thought of. I mean, I read Homer and the Odyssey when I, was, when I had to, not been interested in it my daughter keeps telling me dad you gotta read it it's so great and i'm like not interested until i read this which is really nothing boring about it at all which is what you think this book starts with leonardo da vinci um religious cults and a search for the gateway to hell I mean, could it get any better? And Sigma Force is back. If you've never read any of his books, you don't have to read them to pick this one up. Uh, but I guarantee you'll be picking up past ones if you start. Uh, James, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me back on the program. The only reason I you got bet. that number one New York Times list was because you supported my books. I appreciate it very much. 
Oh, my gosh. That's uh, how untrue that is. Uh, you're a great writer. If it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else that would have just helped spread the word a little earlier. Um, but uh, this book, James, you had me from the get go. First, let's start with um, let's start with the premise real quickly. I don't want to get bogged down in it, but to start with the premise real quick. Yeah, you know, I, I'm always uh, looking for that. The truth behind mythology, the truth behind these ancient stories we used to tell each other. And, you know, for, for centuries, everybody thought the city of Troy was just an imaginary place. It was just something that Homer I made up. I had no idea. I and, had no idea until I read the book. Exactly. It wasn't until the late 18th century when an armchair archaeologist, wasn't even an expert, uh, stumbled upon these ruins in the coast of Turkey. And he believed, I think this is the city of Troy. And everybody, all the archaeologists sort of laughed at him. But over time, it was proven that, yes, that is indeed the ruins of the city of Troy. So within a second, suddenly, you know, uh, what was considered mythology is now history. And so, I, you know, me as a, as a thriller writer, I'm thinking, well, if Troy was a, a real place, you know, how much else of Homer's stories of gods and monsters and curses and miracles in the Iliad and the Odyssey, you know, what else might be buried in there? What else might be true in that story? And that began the, the, my quest to write this, this novel. And this novel, the ending, the, the, the last, I mean, the whole thing is just, just nonstop, but the last half of this book when they're really looking into you know what the what would be really the gateway to hell uh and you explain how the gods and monsters was just ancient technology it's mind-boggling mind-boggling well you know any chance go ahead I went to the National Archaeological Museum in, in Athens, and they have the, this uh, device called the Antikythera Mechanism. It was uh, this sort of rusted device that was found in a shipwreck in the Mediterranean, and it almost looks like a computer, if you look at it. It looks like a piece of a computer. And um, again, it took a little bit of while. There was some skepticism among archaeologists, but now it's become somewhat accepted that this probably is the first example of an analog computer. You know, back in, in ancient Greek times, they're already at that level of advancement. And so when I was doing more research, uh, going to the museums, talking to different historians, I just found out exactly, you know, how surprising and how much we underestimate the technology and how sophisticated people were. You know, we look at the, the building of the pyramids and people want to blame them on uh, ancient aliens or something like that. No, we were just, the human beings have these wonderful brains in our heads and we're very inventive and we look at, our, at the world around us and we, and we try to innovate. And so so, uh, you know, one of the reasons I want to write this novel is almost a, is a little homage uh, to, to the pure creativity of the human mind. I, I'm convinced, James, that we have had technology and destroyed ourselves, had technology and destroyed ourselves several, sure. several times. Um, but is, is the automatons really uh, that, you know, are part of your story? for lack of a better term, uh, automatons. But uh, is that come from that piece of that quote-unquote computer, or is there anything else that you saw in history that, that helped you shape this? And I did a bunch of research, and it's, it's shocking how, I mean, they were already building automatons in Greek time. There was a whole slew of, of designs and architect. Uh, engineers, they were building these, these incredible uh, devices back then. They had these incredible pumps, and they had these moving, moving, uh, moving statues. Uh, so they were already working to, beyond what most people think. It was like hydraulics. Doing. 
Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they were they were very ingenious with what they were able to create. They had they had horses that would drink water. They had birds that could fly. Uh, the original uh, Olympics in in Greece had this entire mechanical sort of demonstration where a dolphin would come out of the water and a bird would go flying. This is all mechanical, all sort of these mechanical automatons they were building. So it's it's incredible. And so most people don't realize how how sharp they were. So I love shining lights on those those little bits of history that have become lost in time, whether it's, whether it's in a story, and whether it's this technology. The one of the things that you'd hit right off the bat, which got me right away, is the, is the connection between Leonardo da Vinci and one of the greatest minds uh, in the world uh, from the Muslim uh, golden era. And right. there, is, there are lots of pieces in history that say that Leonardo da Vinci really kind of copied a lot of the stuff uh, from the Muslims in uh, that that had long uh, right. long ago come up with things that that he was credited for. Well, that's one thing I was sort of fascinated with is that knowledge seems to be passed like a torch from one civilization to another. When, when Europe began falling into the Dark Ages and, and knowledge was being lost, it shifted over to, to the Muslim world where they were in this flourishing in this, this Islamic golden age and they were, they were inventing a bunch of things, they were expanding upon what we were doing in Europe before the Dark Ages. And then, uh, then the Islamic golden age began to fade and that torch passed back to Europe during the Renaissance. And that's what we saw happen with Leonardo da Vinci. As the Islamic world was beginning to fall into darkness, uh, the Renaissance was becoming uh, going on in Europe, and Leonardo da Vinci was one of those that carried that torch forward. You know, he went and studied these ancient books from these groups of, of Arab inventors uh, from the House of Wisdom, an ancient uh, school of, of, of architecture and engineering. And by his own admission, you know, Leonardo does admit that he... he was influenced, if not even outright borrowed, mm-hmm. from some of those early Muslim inventors. And not only did that, he basically carried that forward. He took those uh, rudimentary bits of knowledge that were, that were almost lost and built upon them. And so I just like the fact that knowledge never seems to be quite lost. A common theme of my knowledge, of my books, is that you know, knowledge is never truly lost. It, it's going to be, whatever yeah. is buried, it's going to come back out again. And yeah. so, uh, you know, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci is a perfect example of that. So, James, I could spend an hour with you on on this topic, um, but we're going to run out of time. Um, the the religious cults that get involved, yes. you have a coming together of all kinds of people that you would think w- were mortal enemies. Uh, and they're coming together because of the reset or the destruction of the world. Uh, tell me a little bit about this and the, you know, the if you will, the second coming or the, you know, the last imam or whatever it is people believe. Tell me where that comes from and how real is this? Well, I was trying when I was writing this novel about, you know, looking for the gates of hell. So I was looking at the way various cultures viewed the end of the world, you know, what happens, you know, after, after the, after the, uh, all of us are gone. And I found out that there was actually a lot of commonality. There's a lot of, uh, shared views that were, uh, weirdly and sort of strangely tied together. And then I found yeah. out that there was sort of this worrisome uh, trend right now that, you know, believing that well, maybe we're in the biblical end times and maybe we should drive towards that goal. And what I found mm-hmm. out is that it was even going on in, 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 
in Iran is that the Ayatollah, the supreme leader, the uh, the president of Iran, yeah. they're all they're both they're both Twelvers, which is they believe that the mm-hmm. twelfth Imam is due to arrive, and the Imam is supposed to be the uh, the heralding of the end of the world. And again, they, there are some beliefs about the return of Jesus Christ in their mythology or in their belief of what's going to happen yep. at the end of the world. Uh, so again, it was right. just fascinating the way everybody was viewing this different world. So my concern is that there is a almost a political military trend towards trying to push towards that goal, which you know, especially right now, I'm not I'm not looking forward to the end of the world right now. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not either. It's a, little, not either. it's a little concerning that there's some some drive towards yeah. that. So you know, one of the the goals of this novel is maybe to shine a light on that existential threat about uh, certain powers uh, trying to drive us towards uh, biblical end times. I will tell you, James, that, uh, I mean, this is like a Glenn Beck novel. This has me written all over it for a million different reasons. But one of them is just that it, where it starts, it starts up in Greenland. When you get into the story, what was trapped and found under the ice. And I'm convinced, I don't know about Greenland, but uh, Antarctica, I think there is all kinds of stuff. Um, and most of it natural, just, you know, we're finding uh, we're finding tropical plants way, 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 way uh, beneath the ice uh, in Antarctica. There's just yep. there's so much to the history of the world that we don't know that is going to, as you said, eventually become uncovered. Yeah, I mean, I, you mentioned before about, you know, po- the potential that there's been civilization after civilization. And I believe that one of my novels coming up is going to be dealing with that very subject matter. Uh, my next novel, Savage Zone, is coming out next spring. is all about viruses. My my editor goes, mm-hmm. "What's? How come you know all about this? Well, how come you know, you wrote the seventh plague about a viral pandemic, and now we're in a viral pandemic? You know, you wrote about Chinese labs and the weird thing that's going on in those labs in the Bone Labyrinth, and look what's happening now. You know, my book I wrote a year and a half ago, Demon Crown, was all about uh, giant Asian wasps, and now we have the murder hornets. So, uh, you know, when I started writing this this viral, maybe novel, you're the problem, James. Maybe <laughs> it's maybe it's well. all coming Somebody from you. Stop me from writing right now." <laughs> Yeah, but at some point we should probably I, have know, to talk about this whole situation we're in because I did a lot of research for this virus, and uh, you know, there's some things I would love to reveal that's going on right now. But I know. All right, could I could I ask time. you to come back for maybe an hour? Because I'm out of yeah. time. Can I ask you to come back? You yeah, know, well, in the next I'll week. Tell you everything that's really going on about the coronavirus. There's things that people. Oh, I love that. About. There's things I know, and I would love to share that. Okay. All right. One last thing on this, by the way, the book is called The Last Odyssey. If you're looking for a great thriller, this is the summer thriller. It's fantastic. The Last Odyssey. Um, uh, last question. You, you know, Harlan Coben, right? I do. Indeed. Yep. I actually passed him the Silver yeah. Bullet Award over at uh, Thriller Fest last year. Yeah, good for you. Um, the he's done something with the BBC where he is making these these books into series, little five part or eight part series uh, with mm-hmm. Netflix over in England. Yep. You need to get this. You need to get this book. This is like this is a really really smart Indiana Jones almost. I mean it it has everything that I loved about Indiana Jones uh, with the adventure and the danger and everything else. But it's really a deep book. It's really good, James. Really good. Somebody needs to see this book and make it into a series. Well, the this series has been optioned, so you know, fingers crossed. Oh, it has. We may eventually Excellent. see it on the big screen or the small screen. Excellent. Good. Good. Uh, James, we'll talk to you again. We're gonna uh, we'll uh, have one of our people reach out to you, and we'll schedule something here as soon as we can. Because I would like love to talk to you uh, at greater length. Uh, especially about what's going on today with the uh, with the virus. Thank you so much, James. 
Appreciate Thanks, it. Ron. Appreciate it. You bet. Yep. James Rollins, uh, the name of the book is The Last Odyssey. It's been out for a while, you know, a couple of uh, couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months, but it's really, really great. James Rollins, The Last Odyssey. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Norton. Norton is, if you're signing in, let's say you're going to a hotel. Remember what those were when you were traveling? Airports? I'll remind you about them some other time. But uh, you sign in and you get on the, the protected with a password hotel Wi-Fi. Within five minutes, some nice hacker halfway around the world has accessed your computer and everything you have on it. Enjoy your stay. It's the last one you're going to be able to afford for a while. You need powerful layers of protection for your devices so you can maintain your online privacy. What you need is Norton 360. Norton 360, like the name implies, has you covered all the way around. It's a password manager, powerful VPN with bank-grade encryption. It has everything you need. It's a toolbox. And as things become more and more complex, they'll add things to that toolbox so you are safe. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but with Norton 360, you have a powerful ally for your cyber, your cyber safety. You can get up to 50% now off of your first year with an annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. I'm telling you, just the VPN with the bank-grade encryption is worth the price of admission. It's Norton.com slash Beck. Norton.com slash Beck. Save up to 50% Terms do apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, You know, I forgot that we used to have these authors on all the time. This is years ago, probably 10 years ago. Um, I'm friends with a lot of these, a lot of these big, big authors. Um, and I used to have them on because of the research they had to do, you know, truth is harder, uh, than fiction. No, wait. Yeah. Truth is harder than fiction because fiction has to make sense. Um, and so they, uh, they work so hard. It's truth is stranger than fiction because fiction has to make sense. Um, Fiction, they can't put things you couldn't write today's story, what's happening in the country, in the world, because no one would believe it because they wouldn't they just wouldn't believe that this is what was going to happen. You could say that Donald Trump would become a dictator and a lot of people would buy that. But to say, no, Donald Trump passed on the dictatorial role and said we should be free and all the governors started to become dictators. Nobody would have believed that. So they really have to do their research. And uh, we should have James back on because, as he said, he did a big book on a killer virus and also another one on what was happening over in China. These guys think about them and really do their research and kind of war game out what's possible. So we're going to have James back on uh, in uh, hopefully in the next couple of days if he has time. And we'll talk about what's happening in the world. We've got a great mayor from California next. First, let me tell you about uh, uh, Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Uh, Hear me out. Protein bars suck. It's like eating my doormat. I hate them. My wife is always like, I got to have a protein bar. It's really all the people who exercise around me or eat a protein bar. Yeah, you know what? I'm not. You don't get a body like this eating protein bars. Anyway. Um, so my wife has been saying, cause I have to have a snack at night. I have to, I have a sweet tooth and she's like, these are like candy bars. No, they're not. They're protein bars. 
And then when there was no snacks in the house and I got really desperate, I got into her box of uh, built bars. And it's like, don't tell her I said this. It's like having a candy bar. 150 calories. They're really healthy for you. Um, I'm not reaching out for ice cream. I got a built bar. They're fantastic. You want to stay healthy? You want to have a great snack? Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Beck. You'll save 10 bucks off your first order. It's BuiltBar.com. Promo code Beck. Grab them now. You will love them. And thank me, or my wife, for this great tip. BuiltBar.com. Promo code Beck. You know, we've spent a lot of time complaining about things uh, and saying, you know, how much this lockdown sucks. But there is some good things. Now, the left is looking at this and saying, yeah, we can reshape the world. We can get rid of capitalism. Uh, We can herd people into places. We can save the planet with global warming. All we have to do this. All we have to do is do what we're doing now and a little bit more for at least the next 30 years. Oh, perfect. But there are some other things that if you happen to be a lover of the Constitution, you might like. And that is people are waking up to this old antiquated idea of rights, that we have a Bill of Rights and they can't be violated. And there is no right to not get sick. There is no right of being safe. It's an impossible right. And they're violating all all of the real rights that we're endowed with to try to give us a bogus right that they can't they can't actually uh do here's a great thing we're finding out who believes in rights and who believes in autocratic rule and we're finding great partners all around the country and the world including in a city in california a new uh protected city a uh, an amnesty city if you will where uh, you don't have to worry about being arrested or getting any in, in any problems if you're an illegal business. If you're opening up a business against the state. Well, we'll tell you about this brave mayor. He's on with us. Also, Sabo, the artist, the renegade. All this hour and more. We begin in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Lindsey Graham has introduced the COVID-19 Accountability Act, which allows President Trump to sanction China for mishandling the coronavirus pretty much from start to finish. Um, Even if we can consider this finished, I don't know if you heard, but another city is going down on lockdown in China. There is now another major city that they're starting to lock down because it has come back to China. They need to answer for what they have uh, done to the world. But we also need to protect everything that we have. We're in an economic crisis of biblical proportions. The latest from the Fed is they think that our current unemployment rate is about 30 percent. This is the biggest in the history of the world that we know of, at least in the modern era. We've also been hearing from people like Paul Singer that the market could get cut in half. 
I think there is a real chance of that. I think there is a uh, there's another leg to come down and it'll probably happen right around the time of the election. I could be wrong, but there is another one coming. So gold, gold is an asset that so many sources now over the last three months have been saying gold could be at three thousand dollars an ounce. Please don't buy this as an investment that you're like, oh, I could get rich. $3,000 an ounce. That's double my money. Yeah, $3,000 an ounce and the world is on fire. It's a crazy place if that's true. Do your own homework. But you do need to have gold. If it's valued at $3,000 an ounce, you're going to wish you listened to me today. Goldline, one of the few places still shipping on demand with sufficient inventory to cover millions in shipments. I just called them a couple of weeks ago. I ordered some gold. I highly recommend that you at least consider it and do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure out if it's right for you. 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Sanctuary cities, something that we really don't ever like to hear about. Sanctuary cities, except this one, you're going to like. The city of Atwater has passed a resolution that allows the city's businesses and churches and not-for-profit organizations to reopen uh, despite the continuance. Uh, We are uh, thrilled to have, and why do I not have any of his information? We're thrilled to have... Uh, our guest uh, with us, Paul Creighton, is with us. I don't know what happened to it. I'm sorry. Paul, welcome to the program. He is the mayor of uh, this sanctuary city. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey, good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me on. You bet. So, you, first of all, uh, thank you. Thank you for standing up for the Constitution. Thank you for standing up for small businesses. Um, tell me how you came to this and what's happening. Okay, first, um, where we got where we're at today is because Councilman Brian Raymond, Mayor Pro Tem, he was um, talking to his neighbor about what's going on, the devastation to all of our local businesses, and they were just having this discussion back and forth. And somehow, sanctuary for the drug addicts, the 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 people, the syringes, the needles, the homeless in San Francisco, the homeless here in Outwater, they're all protected, and Brian's his light went off and said, Sanctuary City for all businesses. Then he called me up and I ran with it. I think it was genius. So what does this, what does this mean? Now, this is where, I mean, the food that we get comes from your valley, right? It does. It's grown right here. In a, okay. We're in the heart, the breadbasket of the world. Okay. Um, and you are critical to the rest of us and the rest of the world eating um, what, what has been the impact, uh, Paul, on your, on your community of this lockdown? It, it's been total financial devastation. The, uh, the lockdown that we all agreed to for two weeks, and then we, we, um, we did the right thing. Our community, our city council, we were ahead of the governor. We were ahead of the county. We declared emergency over 10 days before the governor or the county did. Mm. We put a medical team together with a, a Dr. Vanek, not a team, but Dr. Vanek is a surgeon to advise us on what we should do. We started buying uh, PPE. We got medical supplies. We, uh, we got with the uh, high school district. Uh, we commandeered local high, high, uh, high school in case we needed two, 300 beds to put in over there. We were making plans for the, the worst case scenario. 
and it never came, which is good because we smashed the curve. So since right. then, they've asked us two more weeks, then two more weeks, and, I, and we're, we're ready to go back open because we have nurses and, and doctors that are losing money. Nurses are being sent home in our local, local hospital. I know. So you know, it's, it's crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy, Paul, that we are that we all got into this and most of us were ahead of the government as it should be. We the people usually lead um, and uh, and we all agreed with, hey, let's let's bend the curve. Let's make sure that we don't cripple our hospitals. But then suddenly it went to we're not going to reopen until we have a cure, which is insanity. And none of us no, would have worse, agreed it's to worse than that. It's worse than that. They said. X people will be, will be hurt. Let's flatten the curve so we don't ruin the hospitals. To now, nobody can get hurt. Nobody can be hurt from anything whatsoever. Right. And how dare us think that we can go back and earn a living because the bailout's not coming to Outwater, California. 2008, we were the epicenter of the financial housing crisis. We've never recovered from that. So to, to say that the, if we do mm. the right thing, we tell the line like other politicians around me are doing, that hey behave be quiet the governor will retaliate against you or you might not get funding from the governor they blew through 250 million dollars in two months that's every two months that's a half trillion dollars there's no way they're going to have money to bail us out but we have to save ourselves is what this council decided to do so we're talking to the mayor of atwater california paul Crichton, who has uh defied the governor i just read a story today uh one of the sheriffs from the second most populous county in illinois said he has been strong-armed he has been told his funding will go away if he doesn't stand with the governor and he said i can't do it anymore i just it's not right he said this is this people have rights and we're violating their rights have you been strong-armed paul have you had tangible things said to you uh, or threatened to be held back? So after we announced the, uh, the Sanctuary City Friday night, um, yes, the, the governor's office has been busy. The uh, alcohol and tobacco arm of the governor has called every single business in town to hold the uh, alcohol license and threatened them that if they uh, seat people and serve them alcohol, they're going to yank their license, which is complete Nazism. I, I can't believe that's happening. I've got business owners calling me crying saying, I thought we could open up. I thought we could sit people down, have, have dinner, and be able to have a glass of wine in the great state of California. Instead, we have the, uh, the ABC out of Stockton, California, the, the head supervisor calling personally, telling everybody, you better shut down. You better not be doing this stuff. So, yes, we're getting the, the strong arm of the government's coming down on us pretty hard here in California. What's the, the ABC? Governor. That's the uh, alcohol tobacco control. They regulate okay. the uh, liquor licenses and the uh, tobacco industry here. Okay. Um, uh, so this is one thing that is really, uh, it drives me crazy that we have so many license for so many things that just don't need a license. I mean, there's, there's lots of things, you know, you're going to be a doctor. I'd like to make sure that you were licensed, but there's some things that just don't need a license. Um, you just talked about the restaurants, but how about the salons? How about people who are cutting people's hair? Uh, or are they getting threatened as well? You know, the, the governor announced that, that he knew where the virus came from, that it came from a nail salon. So he has a, that whole industry terrified, absolutely terrified. So they have yet to open up. We're looking for our county to stand up and do the right thing and get us to the next level so we can open up. The, the local county, just to our east, Mariposa, 
has already opened up for business up there because they're proactive and they're not messing around. And just uh, this weekend, our sheriff has put down the gauntlet also and joined the city of Atwater too. Uh, he's going to stand down. They're not going to come out and force anything. And we're sending a message and we're getting tremendous support nationwide. Never in a million years did we are. dream that this would go outside the city limits. We were just trying to do the right thing for ourselves. And we know that we're starving to death here. So we have to save ourselves. And that's all we're trying to do. We're not looking to pick a fight with the governor or, or anybody else. But I'll tell you what, when I was in D.C., Washington, D.C. this January and met the president, I told him personally to his face that we need his help out here in California. And I didn't know at the time how bad that was going to come true. Um, how bad of shape are the the farmers and the people that are actually feeding us? Are they? Well, we've, we've they... got uh, local dairies here in town. They're dumping mm. milk. They're going to have to start killing cows. It's it's actually emotionally um, devastating and financially devastating. And you don't just bring another cow back tomorrow to go milk cow, go milk them. It takes months and years right. to get these animals ready to go. You know, I don't think I don't think we're having a serious discussion about um, local farmers enough. I mean, being able to bring things to market locally, uh, being able to butcher your own uh, cattle locally um, and not have to go through one of these big slaughterhouses. I mean, we, we have we farmed our medicine and too much of our jobs overseas and we're doing the same thing into other states or other communities, there is, a, there is a reason to have things, you know, kind of centralized in some degree and have big distribution places. But there's also a reason to make sure that we can do these things locally. We're all be, these farmers. There's no reason why these farmers have to slaughter these animals because the big slaughterhouses can't do them. Many times you can do them locally. And you could actually right sell the meat if, if you had right, if you had the right to do it, if you had the well, I shouldn't say that. If you had the license to do it, you could slaughter the meat and you could have it in the local grocery store, and we wouldn't have any of these problems. But the well, government has just you, gotten I'll, out of control. I'll tell you what this. What's going on right now is just like the the power crisis we had. Remember when the the grid went down and we found out that yes, all the powers in one state and they control everything. We've, we've learned that our food supply, we're growing it here and it's all being controlled in one state, the meat, the, uh, the packing industry. It's time to, to redistribute it, like you said, across the states and not make it a crime to try to survive as a human being. Well, it can't be a crime. I mean, we, uh, what kills me, Paul, as I said just a minute ago, we don't have a right to be safe from all things. We don't. Um, it, that is an impo- God doesn't issue that right to human beings. We're all going to die, and we're all going to die, some of us, surprisingly in surprising different ways. There is no right that God grants that we're all going to be safe. The government cannot fulfill that right because it doesn't exist, and they're violating all the other rights that do exist to give us well, this bonus one. That- you, you've got paid bureaucrats dictating how everybody lives, which they're still receiving their paychecks. I'm mad as hell because we've got our, our local county health officers giving uh, edicts on what we're going to do and not do, and, and they're getting $15,000 a month, $30,000 every two months. You know what the median income is mm. here in Atwater? $48,000 a year. That's two people working. 
And we got these other people down here telling us Jeez. what to do that makes 130 to $200,000 a year telling us how to live, how to breathe, how to do everything else, and they're not suffering a bit. Paul, what happens to your your city, and and how, how does this end? Do you have any idea? It's going to end um, financially bad. I can tell you that right now. But what we've done, this council... Why do you say, wait, wait, why do you say that? Why do you say that? Just because of what the rest of the country and the world is going through or, or because of threats or why? I think that um, we're going to end up financially in trouble because the devastation is going to be hard to recover after two, three months of right. no, no economy right. whatsoever. These businesses, I've got a local restaurant I've been going to for the last 30 years. My kids have grown up eating there. Little uh, uh, Granny's Restaurant, it's a little breakfast joint. And there's a 70-year-old woman that runs the place, and she's doing everything with her son-in-law day-to-day. They're, they're just doing takeout business. I'm watching them be crushed every single day. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it'll make you tear up. It, it's heartbreaking because they just want to survive. They just want to open the doors up. I, I listen to her. I go have coffee with her once in a while. And, you know, 40 years she's been in the business trying to survive, and here's an unelected bureaucrat saying you can't open, you can't do this, you can't do that. And we've had enough. We're, we're not going to take it anymore. Does the rest of California wake up or do they stick with these crazy dictators? So there's two you know? Californias. There's the California, San Francisco, Oakland, and L.A. Yeah. They out, there's 40 million people in California. They outvote us. They outpopulate us. That group sticks with the governor and the lockdown indefinitely because they're going to stay home with their feet up, laying in bed, scared to death. The rest of us are going to be growing crops, manufacturing things, and trying to get out and earn a living and just be a free, safe human. We have that right. Paul, thank you for thank you for renewing my hope and really defining uh, a book that I wrote, the first book I ever wrote called The Real America. Thank you for defining The Real America and bringing it uh, to life today. Paul Crichton, mayor of Atwater, California. If there's anything your town or anything we can do to help you, you please reach out to us, Paul. Thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about Rec Tech Grills. They say time slows for no man, but lately I don't think that's true. Time has slowed down a lot in the last couple of months in several ways. Some of them aren't pleasant, but some of them are like the time I get to spend with my family, the time you've had with your family. I I think this has really been a renewal process for a lot of us. And I'm going to miss some of that when it gets back, quote unquote, to normal. Um, But some of the things that we have done, like slow grilling, uh, we have been smoking something. We had, uh, what was it, swordfish, I think, last night. Yeah, I just caught it myself in the backyard. But when um, we we smoked it, we've had uh, uh, hamburgers that have been smoked. We've had beef that has been smoked in the Rectech grill. It's just so great. It's smart grilling technology. Haven't burned a single thing since I started using the Rectech grill. You can win your chance to uh, to have the same grill that I have. You can win one for Father's Day with a Rectech Father's Day contest, and you can get registered for it at rectechgrills.com slash Beck. 
In fact, I would suggest that you loudly uh, sign up for this is kind of a hint with your family at Father's Day is coming and you wouldn't mind one of these. Rectechgrills.com. Have the family sign up to see if you can win one. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-C, grills with an S, dot com slash back. Rectechgrills.com slash back. Let's break for 10 seconds, Station ID. You know, I'm just uh, looking at uh, Sabo. He's a conservative street artist in California. This guy is so freaking brave. I don't know how he does it. I really don't know how he does it. But he is like, uh, what's the guy over in England? Uh, uh, Banksy. Um, and he he puts this street art out. Uh, and it is, it's pro-freedom. I mean, what he's doing now with open the beaches and, and, uh, and open California, he's putting these great pieces of art out into the public uh and does it overnight and you wake up and all of a sudden billboards have been changed uh and it's a political statement he's been deplatformed from facebook twitter instagram paypal you have to go to see his work on his main website unsavoryagents.com unsavoryagents.com i have to buy one of his pieces of art only because you know the left they hold up their artists and artists are really important and they hold up their artists and we don't. And I almost bought something of his at, uh, at one of these conventions and I got busy and I never came back. I've got to support him. Uh, he does incredible work. He's going to be joining us uh, because he is all over the lockdown overreach and he is being really really brave and i think you should know about it in his own way he's fighting the good fight in california he joins us in just a minute stand by this is the glenn beck program American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, I want to show you how dramatic things have changed in the mortgage industry. Um, If you refinanced or got a loan at the beginning of this year, 2020, your interest rate has already dropped almost a full point. That was before the rates hit the new record low at the end of April. So imagine how much money you can save right now if you refinance. If you did it five years ago, 10 years ago, whenever you did it, your interest rate is very low right now. And you can save hundreds, if not $1,000 or more a month on just refinancing. If you consolidate your mortgage, get the lower interest rate, and you take all of your credit cards that have probably 15 to 22% interest... You could save a buttload of money. It's the responsible thing to do. It'll take you 10 minutes on the phone to get started. 10 minutes, they can tell you if they can help you or not. American Financing. Call them now at 800-906-2440. They're waiting for you. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. You can go to BlazeTV.com and use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn.
Andrew Breitbart was absolutely right when he said that uh, culture leads everything. Uh, and Sabo is an artist. He is, I mean, I guess the closest you can come to him is Banksy, who's a famous, you know, famous graffiti artist. But I think Sabo's stuff is is much more daring. And he's the only one that's conservative uh, that I know of. Uh, and uh, I want to start this interview with Sabo because he's he's done some amazing things here recently. But let me start with this. Uh, Sabo, how are you, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me back on. You bet. I I uh, saw you. I don't remember what where it was, but you had a, a place set up, uh, and you were selling some stuff. And I was going to buy the Hillary 2016 um, the uh, stencil, which is great. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to come back. Do you still have one? Because I'd like to buy one from you. Uh, yes, I do. It's actually at unsavoryagents.com, but that one's still sitting here waiting for you. Okay, good. I will uh, I will take it. Uh, so I'll go to the uh, unsavoryagents.com and buy it online? <laughs> you could. Uh, e- email me, uh, uh, and uh, we'll wrap that thing up. All right, good. Um, so, Sabo, you are, you are one of the bravest guys that I know of. I don't know how you get away with this. I don't know how you do it. But people in California are very aware of your artwork because you are, you'll, you'll get up in the morning, you'll be driving along, and here's a brand-new billboard that has been changed overnight, and it's your work. How much how, – how, What's harder, coming up with the ideas, doing the work, or figuring out a way to put it up without getting caught? Uh, Coming up with the ideas, it's like uh, you'll get to the point to where you're up on a billboard and you'll see police cruisers drive by and you're wondering, how the hell am I getting arrested? And uh, (laughs) just just luck, man. Uh, Fear almost goes out the window when you're you're doing that kind of work, but uh, I don't know. It's all just a... Getting it up there, you just get a crew together and uh, have a few beers, and more times than not, it's it's more fun than anything else. It's so great. Um, I wanted to get you on because I saw the latest with Newsom. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the latest artwork that you've been putting up? Uh, You've you've been very busy during the coronavirus thing, but your gruesome Newsom thing is just fantastic. You want to explain it for people on the radio who can't see it? Sure. I, I saw this image of Newsom, and it, he looked like a great white shark. It's just he had uh, he had the perfect face, the perfect skin, teeth, hair. He, the man is nothing but a veneer. And and when I saw that photo of him, I thought that looks just like a mask that a, a snake would use to trick somebody. And uh, so I made him look like a, a reptilian with a Newsom mask. And, yes, uh, and it, yes, you know, it almost I... made itself. How long do these things last before they're taken down? They don't last very long at all. That's why it's important for them to go viral and have people like you talk about them, because I can't rely on them being on the street. Yeah. Um, And California Psycho. Tell me about that one. Well, Dundee looked like uh, Christian Bale, and I hate complimenting him like that. But uh, the guy's Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, you cannot trust a man that spends more time in front of a mirror than a woman. <laughs> so you have you've you've put him into uh, the movie poster, American Psycho, 
with blood all over his uh, blood all over his face, just like Christian Bale. Um, it must drive the Hollywood elite nuts because you you hijack the culture that they have so uh, painstakingly crafted and you use their own images against them. Uh, yeah, you know, and I can't believe how thin skinned some of these people are. They'll actually like like uh, I had Jimmy Kimmel actually sit by one of my pieces and flip me off. It's like for God's sakes, man! There's a brink truck, brink's truck that drops millions of dollars every week at your house, and you're worried about me. It's like get a grip, man. Uh, you know, make fun of yourself. And the thought of yeah. him, the thought of him taking the beaches away from Californians right before summer, you can't make that up. I have to tell you, the the other one that I saw were the beaches, and I want you to explain the beaches, but let me just uh, take it here because it goes to the beach. You've done several of these. You've done, I'm, I'm in Texas, and you have taken the come and take it flag, and you have replaced it with a skateboard in one of the craziest stories I have ever heard. That's not a public park. That's a privately owned park. And the city came in and just dumped truckloads of sand so nobody could be using their skateboard yeah you know uh, and you would think skateboarders are the biggest hell raisers on the planet if i was a skateboarder if i used that park i would go with a five gal- five gallon bucket and just take a hundred skateboarders with those buckets and just dump it in front of garcetti's house here in la but they're not going to do that they're too busy complying and then you also took the same flag, the black and white Texas come and take it flag, and you added surfboard, a surfboard instead of, an, uh, instead of a gun. Yes, and I also made one with a uh, fly rod as well, a fishing rod. I, I can't believe they're letting people like, uh, they you're not allowed to fish with more than two people, if you're even allowed to. But you could drive in your car with six people, but only two people can be on the boat. I mean, uh, here in Los Angeles, Garcetti said, you can go to the beach, but you have to stand on the wet sand. You can't be on the dry sand. Where do they come up with these things? I have no idea. I have no idea. So is your, let me give one more thing that you've done on the (laughs) COVID-19. A great invasion of the snitchers which is like invasion of the body snatchers uh save a life call and reward um the uh are are these do you think these are resonating with people who are not necessarily fans of you from the past but they're now starting to hit people i mean is it changing things at all do you think uh, all I can say is there, there are a lot of Democrats in California that are sick of it. And, uh, and I'm getting tired of Republicans saying, oh, I'm leaving California and moving to Texas. It's like, wh- why don't you stay and fight? You know, it, it's like, because uh, right now I believe California is poised to be taken over. Uh, we have a chance here in California. We just need to know how to play our cards. Because there's a lot of Democrats here that are just fed up. I will tell you, Sabo, I've talked to uh, several people who are who are Democrats, um, but have seen how far the Democratic Party has gone. And this is even before coronavirus and have told me that they are um, they are in a, you know, a secret, uh, you know, uh, a chat with five different people that are in the same kind of category. And and they're all saying that. 
they're not going to vote for the Democratic nominee because it's gotten as bad as Donald Trump is, they'll say what they are planning on doing on the Democratic side is the destruction of the capitalist system. And they're all saying we'll all be out of business. This is going to be horrendous for for everyone. And we're not going to tell people that work for us, but we're all voting another way. I I found it astounding. Well, you know, we heard about the Green New Deal from AOC a while back, a few months back, and we figured there's absolutely no way you can implement something like that. I mean, doesn't this smack of the Green New Deal? It's like capitalism's being just destroyed. It is. is. I just did a. uh, I just did a. a, I did an hour um, just this morning. The first hour of this broadcast was about that this this new push for the green new deal and how deep it goes into you know with soros and everybody else and how they are really looking at america and saying let's see how far we can push them and uh this is our chance to completely redesign the world and personally uh, i think it's a great chance for those who like freedom and the constitution to do the same to actually strengthen the constitution and our given rights and and look at things like state-run liquor licenses why does the state have to do that why why does the state regulate all hair salons um you know we just talked to a mayor of california in atwater who just said we're out but he can't protect those who have a state license and the the license boards in the state are saying we're going to put you out of business we'll revoke your license if you even open up against uh, against gavin newsom's orders Academia is trying to make it to where an artist needs a license to do graphic design. And that's just another way of them silencing us. Where, where did yeah. you hear that story? I've not heard that. Where is that? I, 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 I read that years ago. I mean, they, they've been planning this forever. And, and if they can find a way to make it, well, their justification is if someone's going to drop thousands of dollars into a logo or branding, well, then that person should be certified. And uh, shut and up. You have to, uh, I'm serious, dude. I, I got like a chill in my blood when I heard that because I know these schools. You have to be a full-on leftist to make it through an art school to get that degree. And uh, and a guy like me simply wouldn't wouldn't get the credentials. I, I feel bad no. for that poor old man that just wants to cut hair. I mean, why do you need a license to cut hair? I, I will tell you this, Sable. I don't know if you have ever talked to anybody at the National Archives or the Smithsonian, but I can guarantee you that your art is being saved uh, by the Smithsonian uh, because it will play a role. Uh, it is playing a role in our story, our national story, and someday you will be recognized as as who you really are, a really, truly great artist. Um, do you have any museums or galleries or anybody is anybody take you on and and said no this this is this is real art that needs to be showcased only recently has that started to pick up a little bit uh, I, I think i think even the art people in the art world are starting to figure it out because i'm flying pieces off to london canada new york all over the place texas and uh, i think it's just now picking up and you can see my work at unsavoryagents.com forgive the plug but it's like, uh, no, you no. Know, uh, people, yeah, people going to that site and supporting what I do. I mean, I'd love to put a thousand of those gruesome Newsome posters out, but I mean, that's going to run about a grand, $2,000 and any help would definitely help. 
it'll cost you a thousand bucks to put those posters out. And so every T-shirt you yeah. sell, it allows you to do some more some more work. If you will. Yeah, pretty much. The money all goes back out in the street. Yeah. That's great. Um, listen, I, I want to encourage Sable. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for your bravery. Thanks for the artistic uh, commentary and quite frankly, the laughs. Um, but uh, I want to encourage the audience, the left, they have a whole system that supports these artists that, you know, uh, what do you call that? It's blue. Yeah, because it's a big canvas that's just blue. I got it. Um, and they'll they'll make sure that that artist is taken care of and that artist, uh, you know, has a great career and it'll hang in some of the greatest houses in America and to be in some of the greatest museums, whatever. Fine. If you find that, you know, to be valuable, great. But they take care of the left. No one is taking care of the artists on the right. And we really need to support our artists, especially those who are brave enough to stand up and speak out like Sabo is. I urge you to go to unsavoryagents.com, buy a T-shirt. You could get the, t- the, the come and take it uh, sign with the fishing or whatever uh, for like five bucks. The T-shirts are 25 bucks. Please go and support Sabo. Because uh, I would love to see that he had a lot more than a thousand dollars to go <laughs> to put some more of these uh, gruesome uh, Newsome posters up because they are hysterical, hysterical. And uh, Sable, I, uh, you bet I'll be in touch this afternoon, and uh, I want to get one of the Hillary sixteen because I think they are brilliant and something that should be that will be valuable down the road once we get past all of this insanity of political correctness. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Sabo, you can follow him on Instagram, Sabo Art. He has been uh, deplatformed. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, PayPal. The only way you really can see him is unsavoryagents.com, unsavoryagents.com. Uh, but make sure you support him if you can. All right. Let me tell you about Relief Factor, uh, the people who support us so our voice can be heard. And by the way, please, I know while we're here on supporting people, If you're listening to a radio station right now and you hear a local commercial, these people are hurting just as badly as everyone else. But they they are trusting that you will find value in whatever it is they're advertising. If you are looking for whatever that company is advertising or if you're looking for a place to go out and it's a restaurant or whatever, these people are supporting us and your right to be able to hear differing opinions. They are so critical to all of our survival that please, if you hear something that you want, you think is valuable, please buy it from the advertisers from these programs and our local radio stations. Local radio stations are having a really tough time and we need to support them. All right. Relief Factor from relieffactor.com. This is pain relief. Unlike any pain relief I have uh, ever had. Uh, I had tried everything. I had gone to the every doctor known to mankind. I've gone to the Mayo Clinic. I've gone to the best hospitals and the best researchers around. Could not get out of pain. I tried everything. Finally, my wife said, try Relief Factor. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Why? Because it's advertised on radio by your friend who is saying that it works? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I mean, it's more complex than that. No, it's really not. Turns out not. Most of our pain is caused by inflammation. So relief factor reduces that. Unlike 
ibuprofen 800. Who, if you've ever had a prescription for that, I take this three times a day and it has given me my life back. Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. Call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Tomorrow, a pretty controversial program. Tomorrow night on our Wednesday night special, the new civil rights movement. If you've been excited about some of the things we've talked about today and some of the people that have been on that are standing up for rights, you're going to love tomorrow night's special. The new civil rights and the new civil rights leaders. It's all happening in America and it is all grassroots and there's no big funding behind it. It's just people standing up and this time... They're not going away. That's on tomorrow's broadcast. We'll see you on TV and radio tomorrow.